It's March Madness season. You're listening to the Scotsman. Brian Priest here with you. And Mr. Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs> Mr. Tran. I am. And uh, the, madness has be, the madness is here. The madness is beginning. There's and, been buzzer beaters all week yeah, already. It's, it's, nice. it's Sunday. Get that madness going. We love it. So it's exciting. We got uh, Utah State men's and women's basketball to talk about today. We actually have a ton on the agenda, but I want to off the top mention the women's basketball team, Kayla R. down in Las Vegas in the first round of the Mountain West Women's Tournament. Tonight they're going to be playing Boise State. Mm-hmm. So 8.30 tonight. If you happen to listen to this over the next, right. you know, two hours before that tip-off. Tonight is Sunday, March 5th. Yes, it check it out. Check it out. <laughs> um, but, you know, which Mountain West Conference play, we got a lot going on. Let's go ahead and start with the uh, the men's team, the Mountain West Player of the Week, Stephen Ashworth, and the uh, number three seed, Utah State Aggies. It's the last a, time we were in here, who right. we weren't looking at them as a three no, seed. Um, it's been a you know five-game win streak for them. Yep. Um, you know, but this is so the Boise State game that happened Saturday on on the fourth. Um, that was the game that you know we uh, that I mistakenly thought, but you know Ryan Odom a month ago, right? Remember, like, yeah, when we talked about how he was like, "Hey guys, I know because it's March, spring break, right? It's spring break. Can you guys, um, uh, you know, hey, you know, like maybe just push your plans out just a, a couple extra days, come to the game, we want to see you there." And you know, it was it was a sold out crowd. Uh, students showed up, I and mean, it was a blizzard in Logan. There was a uh, spring break, and you know they came out and showed uh, in full force, which was nice. So that was good, and that probably propelled them to that win. Oh, the spectrum was packed, and absolutely, you know, it, we we've seen for you and I were right. were up there at Utah State in the early two thousands. I grew up in Cache Valley, so spent my whole life going to the spectrum. And when that building is full, just shy of ten thousand people, there are fewer more difficult. There are very few, if any, more difficult places to play in the country, yeah. wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, and there, the, I mean, that's a big win there at right? the Boise State. Uh, just a couple weeks prior. Um, uh, Nevada came into the spectrum, mm-hmm. and um, if you remember that game, Utah was just being just man. I was going to say something else, but manhandled. I think in, they uh, fell behind by twenty-one points in the first half. Yeah, early like, in the first yeah, half, um, uh, the Nevada player went seven for seven, six threes, <laughs> um, and, and I don't know what if it was J.C. Carroll magic. What happened? But uh, they were just chipping away, chipping away, and then um, uh, in the second half, they were able to take the lead and win. So that was part of the five-game win streak. Um, they the Aggies finally get a Q one win. Um, they've been blanked all season. Uh, they have a lot of Q two wins, which is nice. I think eight, yeah. eight or nine uh, quad two wins is what I was reading earlier this afternoon. Right. So do you want to, do you want to go to Mount West tournament first, or do you want to you know, the, first? Well, head well, to, let's talk about last night, man. I, 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 I like days. looking at last night, and and mainly because you know. It's one game in the grand scheme of things, of right. course. But if you if you expand it a little bit more, and we start looking at this five game winning streak, um, I think there were either two or three road wins during this, which had been kind of a bugaboo for the Aggies. And so, I mean, they, they went to UNLV and and they yeah. just whooped on UNLV. Well, they got their their largest conference win of the year, winning by twenty five points down in I, UNLV, I was, and that's a good running Rebels team. I mean, that same running Rebels team that gave the um, Aggies fits in, in Logan. Mm-hmm. They went down to Vegas, 
And um, I, I was like, I thought it was the best game they played all year uh, in conference play. Well, and that's the that's the same running Rebels team that turned around after losing by twenty five to Utah State, went into Reno and beat Nevada, and without UNLV knocking off Nevada, the Aggies are the four seed in the tur- in the right. conference tournament and have a semifinal date with San Diego State. Um, so, I mean, there's so many things to talk about, but right. you know, twenty five point win over UNLV, and then thirteen to Boise. It's just I mean, I, it's. I think I genuinely believe that Utah State, and I know we we already mentioned earlier in the podcast that we our conversations had been that we probably didn't think Utah State was a a tournament NCAA tournament like, deserving team uh, about three weeks ago, uh, right? A quarterfinal win in the Mountain West tournament would be like an upset. We thought yes, and now like they're you know they're favored to get to um uh, you know the semifinal of the Mountain West tournament. Um, they have a chance. They 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 got they've got a puncher's chance. Uh, I mean, is this one? Is this a case of getting hot at the right time? This is a team playing their best basketball of the season. That's that's absolutely where I was going with this. And the the five straight wins, and the Aggies all season long had been plagued by spells of inefficiency offensively, mm-hmm. where they just they would just go cold for five, six, <laughs> seven minutes at a time. Yes. I mean, we're not talking two or three minute stretches without a field goal. We're talking almost. Almost ten minutes. Uh, it's like, certain, it's a long thing was, time. It felt like it wasn't just them missing shots. It was like defenses really mm-hmm. pushing them out of what they wanted to do, and they weren't um, executing. Yes, and and, so, and they have the over the last five games they've been able to avoid that. The the defense has really stepped up. I mean, I I know last night um, there's there's a lot of numbers about this Boise State team. Yeah, the the Broncos are one of the best defensive teams in the country. I think yeah. they they came in as the the tenth highest rated defensive team in the country. And Utah State puts 86 points on the board against them, and I don't know the exact number, so I'm not going to make stuff up. Ice, but I know free ice cream. It, it is free ice cream, <laughs> which is huge up in Logan. But uh, Boise State hadn't allowed more than 80 points to more than a handful of opponents yeah. this season. So, so, okay. so Utah State being able to come in and they they put up these good numbers, but they're they're playing. They're not playing 40 minutes of basketball right now, but they're playing instead of playing 30, 31 right. minutes, they're yes. playing 36, 37 but, but minutes tonight. A complete team. Against Boise too. That yes. first half was um, a really great by Utah State. So, um, and we we see even three weeks ago, it was like, oh my God, they would get down by 15 points as uh, you know San Diego State, and then they would you know they would make it interesting at the end. But man, they they had these like really big. Um, uh, um, Dry spells, and we talked about dry spells, but just droughts in the in the first half of the games, um, you know, first half of the second halves, and like it would just snowball. But now they're you know they're coming out uh, a lot. They're coming out with more urgency. It feels like. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a fast that you mentioned the fast start against Boise State. Uh, it was actually, it, I think it was eerily similar to the game up in Boise earlier this season, mm-hmm. just in reverse. You know, the the Broncos right. came out in Boise and were making everything. They just went nuts last night. The Aggies made, I want to say, seven of their first nine shots. They shot nearly sixty percent in the first half. I, I've actually got the number here in front of me. I might as well sixty-two percent in the first half and. And then uh, they finished the game 57% from the field. It, they were able to come out with a fast start, put Boise State on their heels. And, and that was the key because the Broncos made a run. They got back within six points with a couple minutes left in that game. And it was it was player of the week, Stephen Ashworth, Ashworth, that hit a big three from the top of the key to put that game out of reach right. once again. So um, uh, they, they go, they get that win against Boise in, in the spectrum. 
Um, they have the number three seed. And what's important about that now going to the Mountain West Tournament they're on the opposite side of uh, uh, San Diego State. Yes, exactly. So when we look at the Mountain West Tournament bracket, if Utah State had lost that game or if UNLV had not beaten Nevada, the Aggies would be looking at their second game in the in the conference tournament on Friday, a potential date with San Diego State, yes. a team they're already 0-2 against. I'm not saying you can't beat the Aztecs no. by any means in a, on a neutral site. Anything can happen. Right. You, you never know. And we've seen the Aggies go down in the Mountain West tournament and beat ranked yeah, and, Aztec I mean, squads. Both games against San Diego State this uh, this year were just those those ten minute drafts were what killed yep. them. Like in those other thirty minutes, other twenty five minutes, they played really well, even outplayed San Diego State at points. But they would have a little ten minute thing where they would let the San Diego State player score like fifteen points in a row or something, and um, uh, it really it really hurt them. They were playing catch up the whole game. Um, so yeah, so now we talked about it. You know, San Diego or San Diego State, Utah State. Uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, we're like, oh boy, like they're not really on the bubble now. They're firmly on the bubble. Uh, I think most bracketologists have them as like one of the first four out, mm-hmm. uh, or next four out, like which, whichever one of those means that they're <laughs> first four, yeah, next yeah, four, yeah. last, I, yeah, last buys. Actually, there's I, a lot of things now. Who knows? Know, back in my day, it was just the, you know, <laughs> next four out. I'm still trying to figure out the quad wins. Right, I still don't um, know yeah. what those mean. Well, yeah, that's crazy because like the Nevada one was the quad one win at some point and then dropped out. And now it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, and if, if if you just say hey, beat Boise State by more than by like what twenty five points, it would have dropped uh, Boise's uh, net out of the, the quad. It's very weird. All I know is right now Utah State is twenty first in the NCAA's developed stat of net, net rating. Right. 21st in the country. If the NCAA created a stat that says you are the 21st best team, you should probably be in the top 68 in the tournament, well, right? This is interesting, right? Because uh, so we got the net. You know, Utah State does very well in the net, you know, way ahead of a lot of other teams. You know, 20, well, obviously 21st. But, uh, you know, Scotty G I'm, uh, actually tweeted this out today, right? That how, like, Nevada ahead of Utah, everybody has Nevada ahead of Utah, uh, even though Nevada's the net is below, Utah. Utah State has beaten Nevada once, but all these weird things that Nevada's still ahead of Utah State uh, because they have more quad one wins, and Utah State only has that one, even though they've already beaten Nevada once. So um, very weird. But, uh, I mean, you know, gut feeling. Like, if if, if it ended today and we just assume that – let's assume the Utah State Aggies, they lose the semifinal of the Mount West Tournament. So they lose Um, on Friday in the second round. Yes. um, uh, Yeah, so they they get the quarter – because if you lose the quarterfinal, that really hurts your resume. Yes. But let's you know let's let's assume that they win the, the quarterfinal because this is the the hypothetical. You know they'll, they'll have a rematch against Boise in the semifinal. Let's say it's a close loss, close win, close loss. Um, I mean, are, are they? St- I mean, they're they're right there. What's your gut feeling? When I look at the numbers, when I look at the rankings, when I look at all of those things that you know on Sunday afternoon as the the tournament committee gets together in that little hotel room, wherever it's going to, I think they do it in Kansas City right. each year. <laughs> yes. When you look at all those numbers, it tells me that Utah State should be a tournament team. When I take a step back, I take my fan hat off, I put my analyst hat on, and I start looking at the team that Utah State is and their inconsistency. Now, I'm going to give them a boost because I do think they're playing their best basketball of the season right now, but I still am not 100% convinced today that they're a tournament team. Now, in this hypothetical, you're saying they've won another game and they— the uh, quarterfinals right. and played Boise State in the semifinals, yes. and 
the, you know, that result is up in the air. It could right. be a win or a loss. If you play Boise State you and, you know, you lose a really good game and say so you dominate in the, the quarterfinal, win by, you know, double figures, yeah. yeah. I, I will say we're probably a tournament team today as we're speaking. Right. I I have Utah State on the outside looking in because I mean I mean so basically I mean I guess my bubble thought is does the Mountain West get four teams in because if Nevada's ahead of Utah State um, and Nevada loses in the semifinal if, if Nevada and, and Utah State have the same result in the semifinal um, you know does does the Mount West choose Nevada you know does Nevada get in above Utah State I guess in the Mountain West watch. <laughs> I, you know, when it comes down to that, I I think it just comes down to preferences when when you're the selection committee and it's okay. We've seen Nevada a couple of times. What style of play do we think is going to look better in the NCAA tournament? Now, I've always been a proponent of once you get to postseason play in college basketball, the biggest determining factor of wins and losses is your guard play. And Utah State has strong guard play. The problem is they just don't have depth. And it's the same story we've right. talked about all season long is there's an eight-man rotation. And without Ryland Jones, Stephen Ashworth, last night, Ashworth sat. I actually went back and, and checked the box score. He literally sat for 21 seconds of play last night. He played over 39 minutes. It was it was he got pulled out with 12-11 left in the second half. And then the media timeout came at 11 50. So he sat for 21 seconds plus the media time. Oh, it's great great coaching. coaching, Great coaching because you got him four minutes of rest. Yeah, Yeah. five minute break with 21 seconds of game time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic coaching, but they don't have a lot of depth. So I, I think Utah State's guards, if you do you match them up against the, the Wolfpack. I don't know, maybe kind of sixes. Nevada might be a little bit more athletic, more explosive right. with, with a couple of guys, but it's just it's eye of the beholder at that point. I, if, if if you're telling me that San Diego State and Boise State are locks right. for the NCAA tournament, which I think is true, I don't think the Mountain West, even though it should get the respect to have four teams, I don't think it has. It does have the respect. You know, there's there's reality and there's the yes. the expectation. And I don't think the Mountain West has the national respect to get four teams unless they do something special in the tournament. Okay, so, in, in the in I the mean, conference tournament. That's, I mean, two months ago we're like, "Ooh, is this a five? Is I know, five I know. Well, things and, change so fast. Yeah, New Mexico and, fell out very quickly, and um, uh, yeah, like so. Um, so who we Mount- wanted? Or sorry, did you have something else? No, I was going to say oh. the, the Mount West ate each other like we said yeah. they would. So. Yeah, it, 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 happens, it was just so. cannibal cannibalization right. across the conference. Now we wanted to go through and just give some, in, or I was going to give some individual grades mm-hmm. for players this season. But before we do that, I, I do have one question for sure. you. You know, we we've talked about San Diego State. They they came into the week the week ranked 18th in the country, uh, lost to Boise State, so they're probably going to fall, but still stay in the top 25. Mm-hmm. You've got Boise State, you've got the Aggies, you've got Nevada. Um, we haven't really talked about any other specific teams in the Mountain West. Is there anybody outside of San Diego State and Boise State? And then, you know, the, the other two top four teams getting the buys in, in Nevada and Utah State. Is there anybody else that you see as having the potential to make a run in well, the Mountain West tournament? I mean, I think we said this last time, too, is like the Mountain West sort of has – you know, there, there was a top echelon. New Mexico fell out of that. Um, and the Utah State was sort of like that, the, the, the line of demarcation. They moved up. 
Uh, but then there's always, there, there's that uh, UNLV just just beat um, uh, Nevada. You had San Jose State who uh, beat UNLV's you, playing at home. Yeah, it's not their court. Right, it's right, not right, their right. locker room, but, but they're yes, playing right. at home. They're sleeping yeah, in their own beds. Yeah, they have Vegas. a benefit. Uh, you, you got um, uh, you know San Jose State who who's um, uh, played spoiler. New Mexico was at one point you know undefeated coming into conference play. They they were good. I don't know what really has happened to them this season. Um, I don't know if the New, New Mexico State. Bad juju's um, <laughs> uh, rubbing off on them or whatever, <laughs> but yeah. So like the the problem is that like yeah, the uh, the Mount West does have three or four spoiler teams in there that you know you, you know, we we we, just, we assumed or we in our hypothetical said that Utah State was going to win the quarter, but there's there's no guarantee that's not a final, uh, that quarterfinal game is going to be hard whoever it is um, because I mean you know I mean who do Wyoming beat Nevada right. Uh, Early in the year, but yeah, Wyoming's yeah. falling apart yeah. too. So, so I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, just <laughs> one of these things that like you got to be in your A game because there's a couple other teams there that are like, hey, you know, they may not win the tournament, but they're looking for a quarterfinal win. Uh, that that's for Super Bowl this year. So um, uh, they they know they're not going to win the Mount West tournament. If they get one win over one of the top four seeds. That's going to be good enough for them, and they're going to come highly motivated with nothing to lose. So I I look at Utah State's potential first round matchup, and I see it as. Uh, and who are, uh, is that, is well, that? It's so so they're going to play the winner of New Mexico and Wyoming, okay. the, the six and eleven seeds in the, the tournament. And if we assume New Mexico advances, and it's it'd be pretty far fetched to see Wyoming win that game with the losses they've mm-hmm. suffered injury wise. They had several players leave the program. It's it's been rough in Laramie this year, rougher than usual in Laramie. Josh Allen's not walking through that door. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so if you assume New Mexico State advance or New Mexico advances, then you're playing the Lobos wow. in, in that quarterfinal game. New Mexico is the team that I look at that has the chance yeah. to get hot for a weekend. And storm through this tournament and, and right. take that automatic bid. And so if you're the Aggies, you you can't go into this game no. thinking it's an automatic W. You beat New Mexico at home, but this is a team with the two leading scorers in the Mountain West, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Or, yeah, Jamal Mashburn Jr. and um, Jalen House. Jalen House also a terrific defensive guard, and and this is why I have New Mexico. I talked about mm-hmm. the importance of guard play in postseason play, and New Mexico probably has the best guard line in the conference. So they're a team that I could see making a run. They're also a team because you know they've fallen off. They've struggled in conference play. They were the last undefeated team in the country, mm-hmm. and now they come in as the sixth seed in the Mountain West tournament. So you don't know what you're going to get, but individual talent on any given night i think new mexico might have the most right in the in the conference that's dangerous so um again nothing 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 to lose there so uh jamal masterman's son and daniel house's son i I believe so (laughs) daniel house (laughs) uh but yeah so we're i'm uh, gonna move on so you're gonna talk about the like so you have some grades for some of these players and uh there's a couple names like i i think and we'll get to it there's a couple names that i think are really interesting so um, uh, i can't wait till we get to them all right, start start listing them off. You you give me a player, and i i haven't I haven't done this ahead of time. I'm right. just going to do it so, right yeah, now. So, yeah, we, we, we off the cuff, about, yeah. So DJ Idle Rock, right? So he came in. Uh, this is one of those interesting players because, I mean, we, we know his strengths, we know his weaknesses. Um, is he playing just you know in lieu because of a Ryan Jones injury? Um, and so I wonder what what you thought of him from preseason to now. 
RJ is a really interesting case because, you know, like you said, is he getting playing time right now because, uh, you know, he, he's earned it and he's playing really well? Or is he getting playing time because he's the backup point guard option without Rylan Jones? I think it's a combination of the two. You know, R, RJ, after starting every game he played in last season, has come off the bench in 30 games this year. So obviously that's a transition. That's tough, you know, for a competitive person. It, it depends on how how that's even phrased. And, you know, how do you learn that you're going to go from being a starter and now in your senior year, your last year of collegiate sports, yeah. you're going to be coming off the bench? And I don't know what your role is. Yeah. So, uh, Idle Rock, I think, has in in you know with the knowledge of missing Ryland Jones for I think Jones missed nineteen twenty games <laughs> this year, more than ha- wow, yeah. well over half the season. And Idle Rock coming in, he looked tentative early in the season. He looked like he didn't really understand what his role was. He came on the floor and just wasn't sure what he was being asked to do. Am I am I the point guard for facilitating for this team? Should I be looking to get my own shot? Should I be trying to create? Like, what do I do over the last, you know, we've talked about the Aggies playing their best basketball in the last five games. Over the last... Two, three weeks, I think Idle Rock has really settled in. He started to play better. He started to – he no longer looks like he's forcing things. He's just letting the game come to him a lot more. Uh, it's not not the perfect season. You, you look at some of his numbers this year, 42% from the field. Um, you know, Scroll over, look at his scoring average this season. I don't even have the – oh, there it is. I found it. Uh, two, it looks like – Idle Rock's averaging 2.7 points per game this year. I would have loved to see him contribute a little bit more offensively. But overall, I'm going to give RJ – I went long-winded on this. I'm going to have to cut this back. RJ, I'm going to give RJ a, a B-. minus. Um, it, it probably would have been closer in the C range, but over the last two or three weeks, the way that he stepped his game up and just appeared to look more comfortable. And I think his play – is going to be critical in, in the Mountain West tournament because you have to find a way to be able to get Stephen Ashworth some rest when you're playing two, three, four days in a row. It's one thing when you're playing twice a week. When you're playing that many days in a row, yes. it gets hard to play the entire game. Right. And then, um, uh, so that, uh, that's DJ there. Uh, let's, say, let's, say, let's do the bench guys. For, let's, let's do the, I mean, apparently there's the Mountain West Sixth Man of the Year Award. So <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, I, I guess there's one for every conference. Um, uh, but uh, so last year I went to Chad Baker Mazzara from uh, SDA. You know, Alfonso Anderson won it for Utah State two years ago. Um, but Dan Atkin, Dan Atkin, I feel would be uh, obviously a, a leading candidate for that six man of the year role. Uh, I mean, my expectations of him rose significantly as the year went on. So, uh, what kind of grade do you give Dan Atkin here? Atkin's been one of the best players off the bench for any team in the country. Yes. You know, he he's come in this season. 66% from the field, off of the bench, and all, all but one game this season. His uh, his free throw stroke, I wouldn't call, you know, uh, textbook, <laughs> but he sure seems to draw a lot of lane violations. Right, so, right, so. It, it, it works. I love what Dan Atkin can do off of the bench. I would love it if he had a little bit more back-to-the-basket ability instead mm-hmm. of just a, a catch-and-go-up, but... 
you know, guys are what they are. I And for what he was asked to do, the role he was put in as the sixth man and come in at that first time out every single game for Trevin Dorius and, and just score and bring energy, rebound, and block shots, Dan Atkins got to get a, a B-plus at, at least, least yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, I, I would think – I thought maybe A-minus. Uh, Dan Atkins, I mean, it's the number one – I look at the box of score for, for Boise – Six of six from the line last night, uh, but also 30- oh, and he hit late free throws yeah. too. Some clutch free throws down the stretch. Thirty-one minutes compared to Dorius's eleven, um, and that's happened multiple games where um, uh, he's played not just the majority, but like the bulk, yeah, uh, bulk of the minutes um, at that center position. Yeah, he's coming um, off of the bench as just. He's not actually a bench player. He's not yeah. actually a sixth man. He's just. Right. Uh, uh, there are games where the minutes are closer, but I think there would, if you looked at all the box scores, we would see that he. He played a majority of, of, of those games. Um, Ziamota, uh, this is something that was interesting. He's had he had a couple of games early in the season. We're like, okay, wow, this is there's something here. I uh, thought that maybe he would, could be the sixth man for the mm-hmm. Aggies. Uh, but then last night, you know, only ten minutes against uh, against Boise. There were games where he's just it's not noticeable. Um, uh, he's another interesting player. Like him, I thought that. Like, oh, again, beginning of the year could be, but as the year has gone on, like, all right, there's a couple games like, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, it's, it's Utah State seventh, seventh man off, off the bench. I think he's done fine. Uh, you have a grade for for Z there. I think Z has had an okay season. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Utah State would have been so much better off if Z could have come in and absorbed a few more of those Rylan Jones minutes, been able to play with the ball in yeah. his hands a little bit more. The the main thing that you and I have discussed all season long that the Aggies were lacking was a creator off the dribble. And when you look at Utah State and their personnel, I think Z and his skill set is the most is the closest to be able being able to create consistently off of the dribble. You know, and as a sophomore, he just unfortunately it hasn't hasn't reached that point in his development. It's it's not a knock on Z Samoda. He's a young or Z Hamoda. He's a young kid. He hasn't gotten a, a ton of playing time, and so he's growing. Next year, I will be I would be a lot more harsh on on Hamoda if yes. if he finished the the way he did this season. Overall, I I'll give Hamoda a C just because you know he came in. There was obviously learning experience. You know, there was a there was a dunk in the the game against UNLV where he ended up getting a technical for hanging on the rim and then slapping the yeah. glass. And you see him; he walks past the bench and just you couldn't see Ryan Odom, but I know Odom <laughs> had something to say to Z in that moment. And on on screen, you can see Z just give him a thumbs up, like. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. There's there's and some he, growing. There's, and he dunked um, uh, a little bit later that game too, and, and was, that, fine. was fine. Yeah. So so, yeah, so there's there's a maturity factor I think that comes with Z, Z Hamoda and his growth. But overall, his game, I give him a C. Okay. Um, I fair. don't think he's somebody you're going to rely on in the uh, postseason tournaments, uh, unless you know there's an injury or something like that. So if he can just bring one of those good games to the tournament, that could that could work. But Z is the guy I'm looking for to take a big step next year if you. Utah State's going to remain competitive. Uh, Trevin Dorius, um, uh, we just talked about him with uh, Dan Atkin. Uh, Dorius, um, uh, he has size, you can't teach that. Uh, but it seems like they like Atkin because the the, the faster athleticism mm-hmm. has been more helpful than Dorius' size. Dorius is a guy who throughout his career has tended to get into foul trouble. That uh, has been a bugaboo for him off and on at times this season. And that's part of the reason you see Dan Atkin playing so many minutes over Dorius. Uh, but 
the last time I went up to Logan, I believe it was the Air Force game, I was talking with a, a couple of the other Aggie Beat reporters and commenting on how I feel like Trevin Dorius looks more comfortable and at ease with what he's asked to do on both right. ends of the floor over the last month than he ever has in his Aggie career. Not necessarily the numbers popping off of the screen all the time. He did score career high against Air Force. I think it, I believe it was that game. He ends up with 17 points, but he's a guy the Aggies like to run the first play of the game to Trevin Dorius almost religiously. And then he, he's somebody who, when he has a size advantage, he can take advantage of it. And when he doesn't have that advantage, he doesn't try and do too much. And that's what I love about Trevin Dorius. The size at seven foot one in college basketball, an yes. enormous advantage. I'm going to give Dorius a B, bordering on a B plus, just because he did exactly what he was asked for, asked to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Clog, clog that lane. I'm, uh, you know, get some rebounds. Uh, that's that's sort of what he's supposed to do there. Uh, is your <laughs> like? Can you separate Sean Barstow and Max Shulgin's grades? Or like, they, to me, they're kind of the same. Like they, they're both, um, uh, you know, really good starters. But nothing that was like all right. Like they would have games that were they were special, but for the most part, like you'd like have their ads because they're solid starters. I would I would separate them. I you know I would give Max Shulga probably a, a slightly higher grade. I think I would I would give Max a, a B plus, me bordering on an A minus. The big problem that you've had with with Shulga this year, and again, it's it's questions of maturity, experience, growth. Is Shulga at times will try and do too much with the basketball. He tries to create too much, and he ends up turning the ball over a lot. You know you you can look at his stat sheet this season. There's several games with three, four, five, six turnovers that happens too much from one guy but he's also the type of player who can go out and I think this was against Air Force as well he and uh, Dorius both had career highs in this game scored 29 points made four or five threes in that game he gets assists he crashes the glass I love what Max Shulga brings uh, I, I graded him I said BB plus right B, B, B plus, yeah. yeah and then Sean Bairstow I think Bearstow, I first of all, I think it's fascinating that he's listed on the roster as a guard. <laughs> just, right. I don't, I don't see <laughs> if he, if it was the NBA, I could see him right. as a guard. But with the Aggies, he's not a guard. No, no. He's, he's their four most times. <laughs> he, he's a four. Yeah. He's a three. Yeah. yeah. He, he's just kind of going back and forth. But Bearstow, uh, another guy that's a good rebounder, deceivingly athletic. He's somebody who goes to the basket and he dunks on people in a way that I, I never, when he's... Two dribbles away from the hoop, I don't expect him to <laughs> finish. Yeah. You know, but he, he he's just he's got an athleticism. He had a brother that, that played in the NBA. Um, I I really like Sean Bear, so I think that losing him, he's a senior this year. Losing him for next season is going to have a really really big impact on this team, similar to like uh, losing Justin Bean yeah, last yeah. year did. Um, it, for Bearstow, I I would give Bearstow uh, a C plus, maybe a B minus, only because my my only complaint about him is I feel like he tends to disappear at times, and you don't you know you you'll be watching a Utah State game and you're like Bearstow played thirty three minutes. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't remember that. And like that seems to be a bugaboo for a, a few Utah State players, right? Uh, we've had. Uh, I mean, that's part of the being an inconsistent young team trying to figure stuff out. We'll save Ashworth for last. Uh, I thought Taylor Funk kind of falls in the same category. Like start of the year, hit, hitting game winners. Um, uh, had had a really good start to the year, but then right in the middle of the season, like when the when the Aggies were struggling, he was struggling. 
But then last night it comes out twenty. Uh, uh, sorry, against Boise, nine of twelve from the field, the four of six from three point land, um, twenty four points. Um, another big night for Funk. I mean, Ashford seems like he might be the the key to the uh, the Aggies, but maybe the Aggies go as far as Taylor Funk goes. I'm gonna give you the the numbers for Taylor Funk over the last let's say six games. Okay. Um, just just offensive. So against San Jose State, four points, two of eight from the field. That was a, was that a loss? Uh, yes, that was a loss, loss against San Jose State. Yeah. And then the the next five games are this five game winning streak. So Air Force, he scored five points, was two of seven from the field. Mm, uh, against Nevada. <laughs> 11 points, 4 of 12 from the field. Not great, but yeah, 11 points. Uh, 11 points, yeah. I mean, double digits is pretty good. Wyoming, 9 points, 3 of 6 from the field. Mm. Notice these shot totals. 8 shots, 7 shots, 6 shots. Mm. UNLV, 2 points, 1 of 3 from the field. Mm. Attempted 3 shots all night long. And then last night against Boise State, 24 points, 9 right. of 12 from the field. Great night. But I need from Taylor Funk and, and what Utah State needs from Taylor Funk in the postseason. I almost wrote this in the um, preview for last night's game, and I decided to go a different way. And after he exploded in the first half, yeah. I, I wish I had done this. Utah State, if you're looking at this roster, Taylor Funk is the bellwether. If Taylor Funk can score 15-plus points— the Aggies can beat anybody in the Mountain West and probably win an NCAA tournament game. If Taylor Funk is coming out and only attempting six shots and is just kind of a ghost offensively and not rebounding the basketball, the Aggies are going to have a hard time. Yeah, I mean, because I remember at the start of the year before conference play, Taylor Funk was doing really well. Uh, I mean, his last six games don't sound – besides Boise, right? Nothing spectacular. So can he find that consistency to be as good as he was at the beginning of the year? Um and I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. That, that's going to be important. Um, so, I mean, where do you kind of grade? I mean, is, this is his last year because he transferred. Yep, um, this is so. this is his last season. Yeah. He will not be back in Logan last year. And yeah. okay, so I want to go back to the start of the year. He wow. he in the first three games of the season, Taylor Funk had two double doubles, an eighteen point fourteen rebound double double against Utah Valley, and then had a twenty two point twelve rebound double double against Santa Clara. So those are the first three games of the year. So he comes in. First few games right. in front of the Aggie crowd, and you're like, "Whoa, what kind of? Who did we get? Who yes. is this? Did we yeah. just Strike did we just goals. bring in yeah. an all American <laughs> inconsistency? Right. That's that's what it's come down. And and sometimes I know after the um, UNLV game, Stephen Ashworth talked in the post game about how just some of the sets they were running offensively, they mm-hmm. they weren't involving Taylor very much. Well, if that's the case, I think you need to change the sets that you're running. Taylor has to be involved yes. offensively. He has to be, even if he's not scoring 15 points, Funk's got to be attempting 10 shots at least because defenses have to account for him. You can't have him out on the floor taking three shots in a game. Uh, my overall grade for Taylor, because of the inconsistency, I'm going to give him a B minus. A B-. He's a guy who can come out and fill it up. He scored 19 points and a half earlier this season, 24 points last night against Boise State. But I need you to do it more consistently, right. and I need you to take good shots. Those are the things I need from Taylor Funk. As Brian is um, basically saying, he needs the Aggies to get Taylor out of the funk. <laughs> Wow, that was you've been waiting all season to use that one, haven't you? Uh, I, I follow a lot of Aggie fans. I'm, 
I, it's, it's not a it's not a Who Tron original, but uh, a funky town. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's bring it to the steadying force then, because uh, you know Stephen Ashworth. Uh, you know what? What more to say about this guy? Uh, you know he he was he was the leading bench scorer for for a long time. Um, has to come in and now and play for you know we're talking about forty minutes a game. Yep. Coming in and, and playing that role, facilitating, creating his own shot, getting his own. Uh, he's doing it all for the Aggies. Um, and I just said, um, uh, you know, the Aggies go as far as Taylor Funk goes, but I think really it's as, as far as Ashworth goes. Well, we know Ashworth, what we're going right? to get from from Stephen Ashworth. Right. He he does it every single night. There's not the inconsistency, and a part of that is the ball is in his hands. Right. If he's on the floor for 39 minutes, the ball's in his hands for. 30 of those minutes, you know, he, he's doing so much for that reason. And that reason alone, I've got to give Stephen Ashworth an A plus this season because he started out the year as the backup point guard, uh, as a guy who could come in and play alongside Rylan Jones or play without Rylan Jones, who can facilitate some offense. And, and you hope that he can be a very good shooter. What Stephen Ashworth has turned into is your primary point guard is the most single most important player on this team night in and night out. Yes. And he he's answered the bell every single night. That's the biggest thing. Like I look at Ashworth's size. He's. I don't know what is it, what he's listed at yes. on the roster, but if if he's six feet and 190 pounds, I'd be really surprised. And for a person at that size to take on the workload and the playing time that he's done this year, simply incredible. Yes, I mean, I mean the Aggies have proven us wrong all year, uh, maybe not all year, but they, I mean, we we again just a few weeks ago we were like, oh boy, this team's um. Uh... We could say all year. They were in the preseason poll. I think (laughs) they were picked to finish eighth. Yeah. So So let's um, say all year. They've they've, they've shown that they have some grit. Now they're on the bubble for the the NCAA tournament. Uh, Some good players. And, you know, let's see what they can do if they can make some noise in the West tournament. Because if if they get to the final, then, I mean, I I feel like that that bubble's got to be locked up for them. Um, Let's see if they, let's see if the Mountain West gets three to four teams in or or not. So, um, yeah, go ahead. On that note, Scotsman of the week. Scotsman can we week. can we give it to Steven? I, I think so. I it's think so, it's got to. I mean, yeah. listen to these numbers: twenty three points, seven and a half assists, three and a half steals, three rebounds per game, while shooting fifty three point three percent from the field, fifty percent from three, and making six or seven free throws. Damn. I, like like those games against San Diego State, like the games where he went cold. That's when that's when San Diego State would make their run. Yep. So um uh, yeah he's he's really important and um. It'll be nice to see. I really hope the Aggies, um, uh, you know, we'll see quarterfinal, semifinal, final, wherever they can get to. Uh, that'd be great. If they win the tournament, it's, it's easy. It's set, you know. So, so the, the Mountain West Conference Tournament starts Wednesday, March 8th. Uh, Colorado State's going to play Fresno State in the first game. There'll be three games that day. Utah State will play the winner of New Mexico versus Wyoming. That Aggie game will take place Thursday, March 9th. It's scheduled for an 8.30 tip, and if they win that, they're going to tip at 9 o'clock on Friday night. So get your naps in, Aggie Nation. (laughs) Get some rest. I know Uh, I'm going to. Good old old Vegas time. Uh, Vegas loves Aggies, apparently, so I'm uh... They after, should. We after, travel after that UNLV um, uh, win. Apparently, uh, as the Aggies were walking through the through the casino, a lot of people were cheering because the people had bet Utah State to cover. <laughs> cover and like uh, Utah State won them a lot of money. So I've never um, gambled in yeah, my there, life. There you Not go. Me. So, um, <laughs> Brian, um, uh, should, we, should, should we do? Should we pay the bills? <laughs> do you know where they can find all this stuff? Uh, you know, I think I mean you know, wherever podcasting listening, but also on the the new and approved. 
KSL Sports app. Um, uh, too bad this is not a visual medium because we have this brand new graphic that has a QR code. <laughs> it's you, a pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah, you scan it and you download the new the new app. So we got we got the brand new um, KSL Sports app. So I'm gonna make sure to get that. Follow me on the Twitterverse. Uh, I'm gonna have a, a couple uh, Red Rock Gymnastics videos out um, soon. I'm uh, at Who Transferman. That's H U U T R A N Superman. Who do you think you are? I am. And you could follow me on Twitter at bpriest24. That's at bpreece24, and follow all of KSL Sports on the KSL Sports app, of course. And then you can find us on social media at KSL Sports. There you go. And real easy, real easy. I mean, it, it could be it could be easier, but that's how easy we made it. So, <laughs> all right. Who? Last thing. Yep. Are the Aggies going to advance? To the Mountain West Championship on Saturday. Oh, I, feel, I mean, the way they're playing right now, I feel it. I feel it. Go. I mean, hey, if you don't have spring, spring break plans yet, you have them now. Go to Vegas. You know, go from you know, get out of the snow in Logan. Go to Vegas. Go to those tournaments. I'm, uh, they're really fun. They're, they're really fun. Last year there wasn't that many fans there. I, I can see why. I hope this year they travel because I can, uh, this team is a lot more fun than it was last year. Show me the Scotsman traveling south on I-15 to Las Vegas. Uh-huh.